I did. Absolutely. I did, yes. That the voice of Vance Joseph yesterday, I wouldn't say stunning, maybe surprising. Arizona media, when they found out that Vance Joseph, too, was awarded a contract extension after last season. I've got no issues with contract extensions for Vance Joseph, for the record. No, not at all. I thought the defense played pretty pretty well for the most part last year. But um, part of part of what Vance Joseph said that Jarrett did not play for you was he was asked, "Do you have you had any reassurances that you're coming back next year?" He said, "I do not." Yeah, here's that uh, right there. I have not, um, but I'm not worried about that. Obviously, um, that's part of business. You know, we're coaching to win a game on Sunday, and. Um, if it works out, we'll come back with a plan in the offseason to kind of fix everything because it's fixable. But we have not been uh, reassured of that, and that's okay. Yeah, so there you go. So I, I think that uh, part of what is interesting about this, Tim, is that I, I think, as we've discussed already, Cardinal fans, people who have covered the team, they could see this going any number of ways. And that's not necessarily a good thing because to, to, to be content in bringing back a general manager and and this head coach would be a concession that you just don't care about winning that much anymore. That'd be a very dangerous thing to say. It would be a, a statement that you care more about the relationships that you have with the people you employ than and then hiring the people to get you the end results that you want, that that, that you want a liaison more than a general manager. I, I, I don't think... The way I look at this right now, I don't see any possible way Steve Keim can be reinstated as general manager for a couple of different reasons. Number one, Michael Bidwell has made it clear that we do not know when his health-related leave of absence is going to be resolved. He said at the very least it was going to go through the end of this season. There's a lot of business that the Cardinals need to take care of. When you take a look at what this team has, um, they've got 28 unrestricted free agents. They've got an, uh, an entire offensive line that basically is going to need to be rebuilt. They've got a bunch of guys, they've got to decide um, whether or not they want a part of going forward from Antonio Hamilton to Tanner Vallejo all the way down the line. They've got a whole bunch of draft picks, hopefully, um, certainly some high leverage draft picks coming together. And so it, it's really going to be how quick can you, you rebuild this thing with a quarterback that you don't know when he's coming back. There's a lot of plates spinning right now. And yeah, I was going to say the, the the quarterback thing is really the uncertainty there mm-hmm. is a factor, Bick, when you talk about you know are we going to rebuild or are we going to retool? And then you point to all the, the some ones would point to all the teams that were terrible one year, and then they flip it in one year and they 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 push for the playoffs. And so, hey, if it happened here, why can't it happen here? the The problem is though the uncertainty with Kyler Murray, and mm-hmm. if he's out six, seven, eight weeks. This is a definite rebuild right now, and I, and I don't know how else you can look at it. I mean, I know you could probably you could hit a home run in the draft, I guess, like the Seahawks did, or you could spend big money in free agency, and then Kyler comes back after missing only two or three games. But you know, this is a situation right now where the where the the the, the front office may may change, the head coach may change, the mm-hmm. quarterback situation's in flux. You mentioned it. I mean, it's like half, over half the roster they're going to be free agents. It's not a team that won anyway no. this year. To begin with, so you're looking 
I mean, boy, if you could retool it and make a run at the playoffs next year, that would be one hell of a job by whoever comes into that front office and starts, you know, pull, pulling strings uh, on, on how you rebuild the roster. So, I, I, to me, I, I look at it like, and this goes back to what we were talking about with the Hopkins trade. You know, if, if D Hop does, you know, if he's orchestrating a, a move out of here, and whether or not you leave dead money on the cap or not, mm-hmm. if, the, if, the, if Hopkins wants out and you got a chance to to help rebuild your team that way, they'll figure out they'll figure out the dead money and the cap money. I, I just think this is look, this is looking like a rebuild to me, Bick, from the beginning. And I know there have been turnarounds in the in the league, but you factor in the Kyler Murray injury, it just it, it just reeks of a rebuild. And yeah. I'm not sure that's the wrong well, way to approach it okay. anyway. Here's here's what I think. So so I think there's a lot of things you you can point to the injuries, you can point to the offense and and the breakdowns and the predictability of it. How much is it on Cliff? How much is it on Kyler? When you get down to it, one of my takeaways from watching Hard Knocks is that element of what Cliff is as a head coach, the peer-to-peer guy and not the alpha in the room, it, it jumps off the screen. It, to me, at least, it does. And and I think there have been a couple of instances a lot of people have, have read into the look that Michael Bidwell famously gave Cliff Kingsbury at the end of that Christmas night loss to Tampa. And there was also a scene in which Michael Bidwell came on stage and called out half the team for cutting corners because they weren't playing hard, which is something the head coach is supposed to do but didn't do and hasn't done. And to the contrary, the head coach has been steadfast in praising everybody for continuing to fight. So there's a disconnect there. If I know Michael Bidwell, Michael Bidwell appreciate part of the reason Michael Bidwell really appreciated Bruce Arians in the early years was that BA was so candid and critical and forthright with the players. So the guys who were slacking, they got called out. And so I think what I saw was an owner who was looking at his head coach wanting him to be more the alpha and wanting him to say the things that Michael Bidwell eventually ended up telling the team. And again, that's not who Cliff happens to be. And so it, and that's not Cliff's fault. It's just uh, it's just confirmation that this whole hire was a was a wild swing for the fences to begin with, which was fine. A lot of us were on board with it as a concept myself included but again i think i think there's enough here to tell you that on the nfl level cliff ain't it and and th- that has to be addressed now outkick armando salgaro salguero I keep butchering his name. He works for Outkick. Salguero. Salguero. He's a longtime Miami Herald guy. He works for Outkick right now. So a lot of people might go, okay, he works for a fringe website. What does he know? He is a longtime NFL beat guy from Miami Herald, was it? Miami. I think we've had him on the show even to talk about the Dolphins. He's a a real old school, credible. He's like the John McClain of Florida. Put it that way. So he's got deep sources. He flat out reported that Cliff Kingsbury will certainly be fired the day after the regular season season finale, that it's it's an open secret in NFL circles. I don't know whether that's true or not. I never believed for a minute that Cliff was going to walk away voluntarily and resign, but it just seems to me that that I, that that Michael Bidwell, I think, is ambitious enough and, and demanding enough where I think he has seen enough. I also think that those, hey, Cliff might just, is tired of the BS and might just resign, I think that was a flare gun warning from the Kingsbury camp to Mike Bidwell saying, this guy don't want to be here anymore. 
So cut the ties and pay him his money and let him go on his way. You would never resign, though. If you resign, uh, don't does, does that mean you? Of course, he wouldn't resign. You forego the millions of. Although we don't even know, we, we never heard the terms of his extension, right? No. No, like how haven't. much money or, or, or even or anything about it? If there's any kind of out clauses, we, buyout nobody, clauses, nothing. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. There's uh, listen. I've heard. I've heard whispers, rumblings that that that. That Eric Burkhart wasn't even involved in Cliff Kingsbury's extension. That because because Eric Burkhart was involved with Kyler and that full on frontal attack at the organization. Michael Bidwell said, "I ain't dealing with him." Now that is just speculation. That is just stuff that I have heard. Hey, Mike. So my point is, if if the agent's going around telling people this thing is fully guaranteed, what else would you expect an agent to say? Is what I ask you. Oh, no, yeah, I screwed it up. I, I gave him a Ricky Williams oh, kind of yeah, deal. Listen, yeah, hey, I mean, you know, I, I made the owner so mad he wouldn't even deal with me. So I don't know what's in that contract that Cliff signed. Is he going to come out and say that? And now, again, I'm just talking. I am not reporting. I am just talking. So because we don't know. We don't know any of that. But as Tim pointed out, Cliff is not going to be a guy who's going to go take a couple years off and go sit on a boat and go fishing and go milk um, free money for a couple years. I don't think he's built like that. I think he's got too much humility, too much pride, and and I don't think he's built like that. So I think he would go take another job, and then I think that would effectively offset, you know, the Cardinals nullify the Cardinals' commitment to him. So I don't think this is an obstacle. I really don't. And, and Mike Florio, uh, who we all know is very sourced up. Now he's not reported that Kingsbury's contract is not fully guaranteed, but boy, he's certainly insin- he's gone there a few times. He's insinuated that multiple times. Now is he just speculating, or does he know enough to at least kind of put it out there on multiple occasions? And who knows what the out could be? Maybe the out is hey, you win less than five games, the rest of the contract's void. I don't maybe know. they get together and they say, Michael says, listen. And I'm going to give you this much. How about this? How about you walk away? You'd be happy. We're friends. We'll shake hands. Okay, we'll give cool. you this much right now, and then you can go take another job. Of course. There's always a way. Yeah. There's always a way. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's what I was going to say. There's When there's a will, there's a way, Jared. There Don't you is. know that? Well, De- dead money, salary cap, you know, whatever. A great person once said that. Week 18 of the NFL. We've got some playoff implication. We've got some good games. we got some high drama. We'll tell you about it next. Tim Ring, Dan Bickley, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata. Hash marks. I'm going to take some time after the season. Um, you know, I got a lot of uh, great memories here at Lambeau. And hopefully can add another one on Sunday. You don't know what the future holds, but... When I think about that, it's nothing but gratitude. Not remorse or sadness, just gratitude for the time that I've been here, the amazing memories that I've had on this field. I've had a lot of great moments. Um, but, you know, I'm still undecided. Uh, you know, we're all undecided about the future. We're just going to enjoy uh, Sunday night and hopefully have some more to play for. That 
Obviously. The voice of Aaron Rodgers, and I'm telling you, I, I didn't think we were going to get to this point in the season this year. I didn't think we were going to get to the point where Aaron Rodgers was just marinating and basking and bathing in all this drama. It's full smarm. Full on smarm from Aaron Rodgers, and it, it's... You know, it's, it's uh, so smug. Luke Lipinski <laughs> accidentally made a good point yesterday. He was saying how at one point in the season, both... The Packers and the Cardinals, Cardinals were four and eight. Wow! They were both four and eight, and, and at that point, we were, that was essentially when we said the Cardinals' season is over; they have no chance. Whatever. The Packers, on the other hand, have won every game since then, and now they're one game away from the playoffs. Yeah, how about that? So, so Aaron, this is this is Aaron Rodgers at his smarmiest, and and yeah, I I wish this weren't happening, folks. Yeah, and that was him once again, sort of almost invoking the the future is a beautiful mystery mm-hmm. kind of thing. Who knows what is? He's not going to retire. Yeah, and we got Tom Brady in the playoffs as well. All right, so this weekend, what do we got? We've got three playoff spots that are up for grabs in Week 18. One is going to be determined in a head-to-head matchup for the. AFC South. That, of course, is going to be the Jacksonville-Tennessee game on Saturday night. Who would have ever thought the Jaguars-Titans would be a featured game on a Saturday night? But there's a lot of implications in that football game. I think a lot of people like the freshness of Trevor Lawrence and what that might bring. There you go. Uh, On Sunday, the real drama begins because what you're basically looking for is you have got you've got the Seattle Seahawks who need to beat the Los Angeles Rams to stay alive. And then that folds into the Lions Packers game. So if the Seahawks lose to the Rams, they are done. And then the Packers Lions game becomes a winner win get in kind of scenario. And and that to me would be ideal. And it it is it's I, I'm sure the NFL is banking on that. I think either way, it's going to be a good scene Sunday night between the Packers and the Lions because I think the Lions are going to bring their best effort regardless of circumstance. Well, it, it'll be a little different if they if they don't have the playoffs to play for. They need to find motivation in knocking the Packers out. Now they're going to know before kickoff what happens in that Seahawks Rams game. And again, you can always you, you, you can't always play the well that Seattle's at home and the Rams are terrible. The Seahawks are going to win that game. There's always a chance, except for maybe the Cardinals 49ers keep coming up in Santa Clara. I don't think the Cardinals have much of a chance, but Mm -hmm. you presume the Seahawks are probably going to win that game. Uh, It would be a bit of a shocker if the Rams somehow summoned up an upset uh, on the road in Seattle when the Seahawks are essentially playing for their playoff lives, at least temporarily Mm -hmm. uh, in that game. But if the Seahawks do win and the Lions don't have anything to play for, you know, Dan, this is what you were talking about. Would the Lions drum up enough emotion and fight and resolve just knowing that they can ruin Aaron Rodgers' season and yep. the, in the in the ultimate game, the final game, Lambeau Field, national TV? I think they would. If you're if you're I the think, Lions coach, if you're Dirty Dan Campbell, Mad Dog Dan Campbell, do you is there any way that you could in the 2023 do the total radio silence? No. Avoid finding out what happens to try to get your team to just focus on the game. And- I don't think they're going to need to, though. That, no. that, that to me, I mean, Detroit has had such an emotional season, and they have flirted with being a, a Cinderella story so often that even if they are not in the playoffs, they can be this great martyr and, and eliminate Green Bay and finish with a winning record. There's there's plenty for them there, even without a playoff berth. I don't think you need to do that. No, That's it, true. And, and Jared, even if you collected self 
cell phones to say at one o'clock Green Bay time. Yeah. Yeah. The fans in Green Bay, trust me, I spent many, 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 oh, many yeah. a day oh, in yeah, Lambeau do, Field. You'll know. Yeah. They're, they're about they're about six feet away from the yeah. Lions players. Uh-huh. Believe me, if the Packer fans knew that the Lions were trying to not know, they'd be screaming out that final score. Collect all the cell phones second. from the yeah. fans as well is what you're saying. Now, <laughs> the other, now the other, the, the the other playoff berth is all is going to come down to that the Patriots and the Dolphins still have windows to get in. If the Dolphins lose to the Jets, they're out. There are reports that came out yesterday that Mike McDaniel might be fired. That seems insane to me. Unless you're going to hire Sean Payton and bring in Tom Brady. That that seems to be like the caveat for every one of these firing yeah. uh-huh. uh, things. But, but I mean, talk about an, another guy that was sort of the victim of injuries. Like I said yesterday, there was a point, maybe midway through the season, where we were talking about the Dolphins as one of the best teams in the NFL. Then all the Tua stuff happened over and over and over again. Yeah. And they haven't been the same. And they're, you know, they're a total collapse at you the end of the season. You talk about an unfair one and done right yeah that would be that would be really unfair Ooh. and he built a culture that, i mean they're kind of the opposite of the packers right i mean they they, mm-hmm. they were they were 8 and 3 then they were 8 and 4 they they've lost they've lost 5 in a row Two has played in most of those games. Now, granted, after he took that shot against the Packers, he was a totally different quarterback. But it's not like they haven't been playing with him. Mm-hmm. But still, I, I mean, Mike McDaniel has just done, I, th- I think he's done a great job in Miami. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like they were predicted to win the AFC or come out of it anyway. And I think to get that team off to an 8-3 and three start when Tua was, was 100% healthy, they look like a darn good football yeah. team. Yeah, and then the Patriots can get in if they beat the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, and I, I don't like their chances in that game. Now, with the way the DeMar Hamlin story is trended, I think it's going to be a very inspirational, powerful thing for the Bills. And Patriots, I mean, they're they're the worst 8-8 eight, eight eight team yeah, in the I, league right I know, now. I know. That, they don't have an offense. Their defense is fine, but that they've overachieved. They've won a lot of close, crazy games. Yeah, so I, so I don't know. As far as Week 18 goes, there's not a ton of drama, but but the Jaguars playing for a division title is new, and the Lions-Packers element I think is is going to carry the NFL through this weekend. Yep, and the and the Jaguars-Titans game is on a Saturday, so right. you get you get a double. And that's a winner on Saturday. That's a winner. So. That's a win and you're in, right? Yeah. So absolutely. we have a potential of two. Win in your end games, which is pretty exciting for the last week of a 17 game season. Potential, yeah. but I, I I don't see the Rams winning in Seattle, gang. I I, I mean, I never I, say never, but I. I if the Rams had Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald and everybody out there on the field, even if they were in the middle of a bad year, I would say, oh, yeah, they could win that game in Seattle. But for who the Rams are putting out on the field and who the Seahawks... Well, uh, maybe Bobby Wagner can play quarterback. He's got a big chip on his shoulder. So if Seattle wins... Yeah. And they've got to wait. They've got to wait and hope Detroit beats Green yeah. Bay. They're not winning. So in. only one of those three teams makes it in: Seattle, Detroit, Green Bay. Yes, there's only one spot open in the seventh poll. Okay, gotcha. And 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 if Philadelphia wins, they whoever does get that seventh hole, they earn the right to go play the 49ers on the right. Road. And if Philadelphia loses, the Cowboys and the 49ers can both get the number one seed. No, uh, if the, well, okay, if Philadelphia loses and the 49ers win, 49ers get the number one seed. For the Cowboys to get the number one seed... 49ers and Eagles have to lose. Which means the Cardinals would have to win. (laughs) Okay. See what I did there? Uh Yeah. So, yes, if Philadelphia does lose... 
Which they could lose. We don't know the the future of uh, Jalen Hurts playing or not. The Gardner Minshew magic Mm -hmm. lasted one week. One week. But most people predicted. They've got the Giants, right? And the Giants reportedly are going to rest some guys. Mm -hmm. So if the Eagles are like, we've got the number one seed, we've got to win. And the Giants are like, well, we're resting guys. It doesn't matter. If if the Eagles don't have Jalen Hurts, that's still going to be a tight game. And the Giants have the sort of the Detroit Lions thing where they would love to screw up something for the Eagles, even if they're not playing their starters. I don't know. I'm trying I, to build I, some I, intrigue I, into the... I wonder if Jalen Hurts is going to go out there at 80% because the number I one know. seat is on the line. Well, This is uh, Tim McManus from uh, Eagles Reporter talking about uh, Jalen Hurts. And uh, turn this on. So Jalen Hurts participated in yesterday's walkthrough. That's the first time since he's been injured that he had taken part in a, a Wednesday walkthrough. So another encouraging sign that Jalen Hurts is getting closer to playing. You know, I, I think that he's going to end up playing in this game against the New York Giants. You know, my understanding has been that they don't feel like this is a significant injury. Uh, the reason that they held him out for the last two weeks is to make sure that they didn't do anything that would hinder the, the health uh, and the healing of that right throwing shoulder. But it seems like he's, uh, he's getting into a good play. And this is obviously a really big game. Yeah, they, they held him out because they probably thought they had the number one seed locked up. Now that they don't, he's going to go back out there on the field on uh, on Sunday. And then if the Cowboys are able to to, to win their their season finale, uh, they've got to hope the Cardinals knock off. If the Eagles were to lose and the Cowboys have designs on the number one seed, they would need the Cardinals then to do their part. And David Blau outduel Brock Purdy. On a dusty it would road be. It would be. Clara. It would be such a cardinal thing. I, I tell you, they just. <laughs> I don't believe it, and yet I still can't get the thought out of my head. The third pick six of the day by Jalen Thompson. That's what I'm talking about. Just one of those kind <laughs> right. of games. David Blau. Forty Niners just barely escaped Jared. Shut up, Jared. Jared Stidham. Yeah. They barely escaped him. So I, I don't know, man. It's uh, look. It uh, this is this is shaping up to be a nice tidy ending for the Cardinals. <laughs> Just don't blow it now. Finish the job. All right, coming up on the other side, Sarah Gazelle will take us through the Rush Hour reboot. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Rush Hour Reboot here on Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Every single day at 730, we take you through everything you need to know in Arizona sports and beyond the top stories of the day. I'm Sarah Cazell doing so with Dan Bickley. Hey. Hey, with Tim Ring, who is still in for Vince Murata. Knock on wood if you're with me, man. <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but I just did. He okay, back the, yeah, he brought back his uh, impressions and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, his yes, his quotes. I his, got like four notable of them. lines. And oh, okay. Well, Jarrett Carlin, maybe Jarrett Carlin, you can help him out with that. I moistened my mouth. <laughs> Man, I moistened my mouth. How did I do that mouth? I don't know. It's like Ron Wolfley there. Okay. All right, guys. The end is near. Uh, the Cardinals season, that is. They play their final game of the season on don't, Sunday. Don't get our hopes up. San Francisco up. 49ers. Oh, don't is- get your hopes up. <laughs> yeah, just the Cardinals season. Sorry, Jared. That's it. Uh, the Niners 
twelve and four at the top of the division. The Cardinals are four and twelve at the bottom of the division. And on the Arizona side, of course, the big headline from this game is going to be it is the final game of JJ Watts Hall of Fame career. Uh, he announced, I believe it was two days after that Christmas night game against Tampa Bay that he's retiring after twelve seasons. Uh, Ten played with the Houston Texans, including three NFL Defensive Player of the Year awards and a Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year award. And then, of course, the last two seasons were spent with the Cardinals. Cardinals DC Vance Joseph spoke to reporters yesterday, and he said the cultural impact of J.J. Watt's presence over the past two years will be felt for years to come in the Cardinals organization. Here is Vance Joseph. I hope for a long time, you know, obviously your culture is pushed and driven through your players. You know, every coach is saying the same thing around the country about work hard and do things right and eat right and go to sleep, right? But it's just players players push the culture and you hope, you know, Zach and you hope uh, Maja and those guys and Cam kind of take his example and kind of pass it on. You know, that's what you want from your great players, right? From Buddha and those guys. You want guys to mimic that, you know, so Cam becomes what JJ is and next guy who comes in, he mimics that. You know, so the culture is really pushed through your players and having JJ here for two years should help our culture moving forward. All right, so we mentioned, I think at the top of the show, yes, he technically did appear on the uh, injury report with a groin injury. He was limited in yesterday's practice, but I think we can easily expect that we will see him in Sunday's game, even if it's in a reduced capacity. Um, Before we get into more of the details of that, first, just overall, what do you guys want to say about J.J. Watt and what he has done, what he has accomplished in his career before he plays this Yeah, you know, he he came to Arizona, and I think I've wrote this very line that he came as a superhero and he did not disappoint one bit in my opinion. He's been everything you hoped he would have been and I think most importantly, it's what Vance Joseph said. There's a lot of young guys um, on the Cardinals defense who have actually grown in a positive way this year and I'm talking about Cameron Thomas, MyJ Sanders, Zach Allen um, and I think these guys are all going to benefit greatly from having this time with J.J. Watt and that's that's the kind of thing that every that not every young player has in their development as an NFL player. I would agree with that. And even though on the football field, I would say in J.J. Watt's starts, remember he missed a lot of time last year, but the Cardinals lost most of those games, and they won every game that he started. So overall, I think in the games that J.J. Watt played, the Cardinals are probably around a 500 football team in the two years he was here. But as Big mentioned, I, I think the, the, the money was well spent salary-wise because of the education uh, that was given to the Cardinals' young players. And it's not just the defensive players either. The leadership and the way you carry yourself and go about your business day in and day out. You don't have to be a defensive lineman to pick up on that playing with J.J. Watt. Every position can pick up on that playing with J.J. Watt. And Sarah, the last thing I'll say about it. Mm-hmm. It is a true American dream story built on hard work and perseverance. I mean, this is a guy that was a two-star coming out, Central Michigan. They told me he couldn't play at a high level, so he walked on at Wisconsin, and obviously the rest is history, highlighted by the three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year awards and probably a first ballot Hall of Famer in Tecanton. Mm. Well, that was going to be my question. Is he a lock as a first ballot yes. Hall of Famer? Yes. Yes. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's no there's no debate about it. His, his the way he performed for about 4 years in Texas with with the Texans was was at Reggie White level. It was at uh, it was at the most elite you could find for a defensive lineman. So yes, first ballot. Mm-hmm. Sarah, if he's not okay. a first ballot, I don't know who ever would be. I mean, this is about as this is about sure. as, this is about he did it about as well as you could do it in the National Football League for the position he played or any position played. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Vance Joseph, uh, he also said yesterday that, no, he doesn't really know if if he and the rest of the Cardinals staff, coaching staff, are going to be back next year. Although, as we have established, apparently he received an extension last season, uh, which we we learned yesterday. Uh, Joseph said for Sunday, the focus will be on playing a great game in Santa Clara against the 49ers, and then they'll just take it from there. I think for at least the last two months or so, we've all just assumed that this is the end of the Cliff Kingsbury era in Arizona. But do you guys see any path at all in which the Cardinals coaching staff is not fired and they are brought back next season? Or at least Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Um, I, yes. The, the short answer to that is yes. I, I don't expect it. I don't advise it. I hope that it does not come true. But the only way it would come true is if is if the injuries to the injury to Kyler Murray really kind of diminishes the kind of replacement coach Michael Bidwell could hire, and thereby he kind of kicks the can down the road one more year. I but I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think I think Michael Bidwell feels what's going on with this fan base and this football team and I think he knows it's time. I I think Sarah the only way that he'd be brought back and, and this is Michael's decision is if Michael says, okay, here's what happened this year and maybe here's what happened a little bit last year at the end of the season, but but Cliff has been dealt a bad hand because of injuries, and no coach could have won with the 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 lineups and the talent level we were putting out there most of the season. I mean, we we haven't had an offensive line. Our receiving core didn't play together. I mean, if, if Michael if Michael looks at Cliff and say and says, "Okay, this is not your fault," and we've had a issue in the in the front office where the GM reportedly has been less available this year for whatever reason. Then Michael could, and the contract might have a place in this whole debate as well for Michael. It may see a reason to a pathway, if you will, to, to bring Cliff back. But I will echo what Dan said. I don't agree with that because that only works that. in a vacuum. That only works if this was the anomaly. If the second half of last season didn't yeah. happen, I'm, I'm I'm just I'm painting a picture of what what could possibly happen if, if Cliff were to be retained mm-hmm. for another year. Like like the owner believes that you know like the end of Goodwill Hunting. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> it's not your fault. Right. Right. So does David Blau save everyone's jobs on Sunday with a win over the 49ers? No. Their jobs are already if their jobs are saved, they're already saved. If, and if they're gone, they're gone already. Yeah, um, I, I, I think I, I hope David Blau saves his job. That's that's all that I hope because I do think he's a good enough quarterback. I think there's enough there to find a stopgap guy if Kyler Murray's not around for a few games to start next year. But again, that's a very very thin opinion based on a very limited sample size. Yes, we, there was a point. Sure. It was preseason, but we all got very excited about Trace McSorley. We did. Oh, so excited about this. Well, excited yeah. to see what he had, but but not excited about what he had. I agree. There's a difference. All right. One thank more you, year of the... We appreciate it. The great Blaudini. Yes, thank you. <laughs> the great Blaudini. Jared, you're, you're having quite a day, Jared. 
That is Sarah Cazell in the Rush Hour reboot. We appreciate that. Coming up on the other side, we're going to talk about DeAndre Hopkins and what exactly is his future with this football team. Tim Ring filling in for Vinny. I'm Dan Bickley. You're listening to Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. car prices at an all-time high, our donors are now getting highest receipts ever. Donate at carsforkids.org and your car can be picked up tomorrow. Time now for You Bet I Do. With me today is Harold, avid Packers fan and sports wagering enthusiast. Harold, do you know the Packers season ticket wait list is roughly 1,000 years? You bet I do. The preferred cheesehead flavor is American? You bet I do. Do you gamble responsibly by setting a limit to the size of your sports wagers? You bet I do. And finally, do you recommend all sports gamblers call 1-800-NEXT-STEP for more tips? You bet I do, I do, I do. Are you good at fixing things and like working with people? Would you like a career making eighty to $100,000 a year as an AC service technician? That's right. I said eighty to hundred grand This Saturday, January 7th, four of the biggest heating and AC companies in the Valley are holding a job fair to find 44 people who want to start a brand new career making up to six figures. No experience is necessary and you'll be paid during training, meaning no student debt. Either way, this is no joke they want to meet you if you're ready to make the best career move of your life be at the double tree hotel north phoenix off the i-17 this saturday morning at 8 a.m for an interview you can find the address and more information at sixfiguresac.com that's s-i-x figuresac.com remember be there at eight o'clock this saturday morning your life is about to get a whole lot better sixfiguresac.com that's s-i-x figuresac.com Football Friday with Bickley and Murata. Presented by 72 Sold, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Oh man, you know, whatever I can do, you know, if it's blocking, uh, I'm not I'm not a guy that needs the ball, or I'm not a complainer. Uh, but I know I can't help my team, uh, you know, when I do get, you know, get the ball. That the voice of DeAndre Hopkins. He is going to be one of the centerpieces of this upcoming offseason, whether Cardinal fans want to believe this or not. And that's really going to be a matter of what he thinks about where he wants to be in the future. Um, I, uh, like many, I've been hearing some things that he wants out, and I think that it doesn't surprise me one bit. I think it's very much part of the DeAndre Hopkins experience. And I wrote about it today, and I wrote about the plan to a quicker rebuild for the Arizona Cardinals, and it would involve um, stockpiling a lot of instant, quick draft picks and finding the right general manager to execute them and build quick depth and, and, and get back on a winning track right away. And I was reminded that, oh, you can't do that. There's all this dead money on DeAndre Hopkins' contract. Okay, first of all, if if 
if dead money on a contract prevents a football team from making talent-based decisions, then then that GM really should be held accountable for creating that contract, first of all. Uh, secondarily, the Cardinals might not have a choice in this, and this is the point that I want to emphasize here. If DeAndre Hopkins wants out, I think we've all seen the way the story goes. Well, that's that's the other side of it. I mean, the, the conception is possibly a misconception that this is all Cardinal-driven. Right. That the Cardinals may look at DeAndre Hopkins and say, okay, we're, we are in a rebuild. Let's just move Hopkins out right. and dead money be damned. I mean, this there's another side of the story that has to be addressed. It's, it's DeAndre Hopkins not wanting to be here. And you don't want to disgruntle DeAndre Hopkins. So if you're facing that... He'd never be on the field. He wouldn't be on the practice field that much. No, and no. And what do we see in these last two weeks here? I, yes. He's, right. he's, he's, more, he's pulling himself out, making business decisions uh, to try to make sure that if he's going to hit the trade market, he's 100% mm-hmm. healthy. The, the, again, I, I'm not sure this is the Cardinals shutting Hopkins down or Hopkins no. shutting Hopkins down. Yeah, I down. think it's the latter. Just like you're the Cardinals and you might have to deal him, it's not just because you want to deal him, it's because he doesn't want to be here. And that can't be overlooked because you don't want to disgruntled DeAndre Hopkins. And then, of course, if he wants out, then you do look at the positives for your football team. And while there might be negatives in the dead money, the, the positives are you're, you hopefully get a good draft pick for him. Mm-hmm. I think he's a top five wide receiver I, listen, in the game, Mick. I, I yeah. think you could probably find somebody willing to give up a one or a two. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I think I you'll get, get a one. I think you'll get a one. I think when you look at what Tyreek Hill uh, what Tyreek Hill commanded when the Dolphins traded for him, that was a king's ransom. You won't get that for DeAndre Hopkins because D-Hop is going to be 31. He doesn't stretch the field, and, and he's got a, a history, a recent history of injuries. As we talked about yesterday, played in 19 of the last 35. Four games for the Arizona Cardinals. At the very least, you should be able to get a first-round draft pick out of him. Maybe a first and in, in, in something supplemental with that. Maybe a player. I don't know. The Cardinals uh, traded a first for Hollywood Brown. Exactly. Think about that. Think about that. Excellent point. That's a good point. Now, and again, I, I understand what Cardinal fans are saying that D Hop is he's one of the rare elite players. I get all that. I'm not saying from a standpoint that the Cardinals should voluntarily let this guy go, but I am saying that if DeAndre Hopkins tells you he wants out, I don't think you play that game with him. I don't think you play a game of chicken that DeAndre Hopkins won't do what he says he's going to do. He's got a history of that, and again, it's in. And I base that off of not only his history, what we've seen on Hard Knocks, uh, a player who was, you know, talking to a a wide receivers coach about his Hall of Fame candidacy because of that PED suspension, a guy that doesn't necessarily vibe with Kyler Murray, and a guy who may not see a path to a winning team here in the very short future. So it would take... If, if it's a Kyler Murray issue with DeAndre Hopkins, there's no rectifying that. But as I've said a, cu- a few times now, mm-hmm. a couple times, is that right now, if if Hopkins wants out, he's looking at he's looking at the mess that is the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. But if there is a, a front office overhaul and there is a coaching staff overhaul, maybe DeAndre Hopkins' disposition uh, on the state of the team changes, and he's a little more excited to see what. Okay, I like this new coach. Let's see mm-hmm. what he can do. And on the other side of that, the new coach. And the new GM, if that happens, they may say, look, 
we've got DeAndre Hopkins under contract. We are not rebuilding. We're trying to win in 2023, and DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best receivers in the game, and we're not going to let him go. No. We're, 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 he's, he's part of the plan. Now, if, and if that happens with symmetry of Hopkins being excited about the new pieces in place from a leadership standpoint, you might have a whole different perspective on mm-hmm. Hopkins and the team in just a few short weeks. But right now, it doesn't look. It looks now, like it looks like they're heading for a breakup as we sit here right uh, that's, now. That's what I believe is going to happen. Um, I've I've been informed that DeAndre Hopkins has a no trade clause in his contract, which means he can dictate where he wants to go, effectively. Um, so there's that. We know that Bill Belichick was having those really gushing conversations with him after the Patriots game, right? Sure. A lot of people have speculated on that that he would be a real good fit there. People have speculated he'd be a great fit in Chicago with just. And fields, so you're going to find a taker for him because he is still an elite playmaker. Uh, you think he would want to go play with your boy Mac Davis there? <laughs> I understand the, the Bill Belichick Patriots mm-hmm. thing, but that's something I, I think he's going to factor in. Also, well, yeah. Is, oh, listen, I'm just I'm just saying that Bill Belichick was expressing a lot of interest in, in DeAndre. Hopkins. Oh yeah, and the feeling was mutual. They were they yeah. they, they, they right. were buddy buddy before mm-hmm. that game. They they love each other. So They're so I don't know where it's going. I'm not necessarily sure it's a, it's it's the best move for the Cardinals because, like I said, I, 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 the thing about DeAndre Hopkins, with all due respect to his immense playmaking ability, I, I kind of want I, I, I kind of want the next iteration of the Arizona Cardinals to be hardcore physical across the board, like the 49ers. I want I want people who want to block and I want people who want to practice. And I never used to think this until Mark Schlereth said the smartest NFL teams understand that in practice you need to get real close to replicating the speed of an NFL game and, and you can't do it it's impossible but you need to get tempo and, and acceleration and speed of, of, the, of the competition as close as you can get and I will believe a guy like Mark Schlereth who's got who's got a ring uh, a yeah. couple rings actually and has been around the block and again that goes back to culture now mm-hmm. I mean that there's 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 tangible football stuff there but that's about the that's about culture that's about the yeah. way you run your organization as a front office and a coaching staff of course it does then Bernard the big pic- picture question is okay if you trade D hop do you re-sign Hollywood Brown? Well, if you don't re-sign Hollywood Brown, then all of a sudden you you're in anybody. full real rebuild no, mo- mode got, on your wide receivers. Well, again, uh, yes, that. that, that but you will true. have two. You've got another year of Hollywood Brown, and yet Hollywood Brown has got an agent who does not let his clients yep. go into the final years of their contract. So you might be looking. One of the reasons he was traded from Baltimore is because you know they knew the contract was coming up. He's not good enough to be a number one receiver. So he's be real, not. Be real careful yeah, with that. that. And that's that's the thing to me. So so you'd either be have to be willing to play that game of saying, okay, no, you need to play out this final year. And if you hold out, see you later. I don't know. It's again. It's. I'm not saying that. I'm not advocating this. I'm saying that if out of weakness that the Cardinals are forced to do it, they they've got to maximize it. Well, here's the deal: the GM that traded a number one for Hollywood Brown would be highly motivated to make sure that deal doesn't look like a disaster to sign Hollywood Brown for whatever money it is he's looking for so you mm-hmm. don't feel like you just threw away a number one pick. If there's a new GM and a new front office, they're going to make a decision based on the football and the financial situation, the football ability and the financial terms of Hollywood Brown sticking around for a long-term deal. The new GM isn't going to care 
that what the old GM gave up to get Hollywood Brown. He's going to make the best football and financial right. decision. Right. Whereas Steve Kahn might be beholden to, you know, overpay for Hollywood Brown, knowing that he's the guy that gave That's up right, a first-round exactly right. pick. That's exactly right. All right, before we get to break, Sham Sharania breaking football news. He just tweeted out the breathing tube is out of DeMar Hamlin as of this morning. Uh, he no longer uh, needs it. He can fully breathe on his own. He's talking to Buffalo Bills teammates. That is fabulous news. All right, coming up, second half of Friday's show begins with the Bickley Blast. It's next. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.